Hey folks, my name's Kirby Ingles. I'm a leadership and transformation coach, your father of four and a U.S. Army veteran. And today on the True Success Podcast, we're going to do things a little different because it's Christmas Eve. So all I need you to do is sit back and relax and listen to Marley's Ghost by Charles Dickens. Every young person embarking on a career should take along the remembrance of Marley's Ghost, who cautions us that mankind is our business. Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol, from which his famous scene is taken in 1843. We see it in many versions on television each year, but the tale spirit is best known by reading it. Scrooge fell upon his knees and clasped his hands before his face. Mercy, he said, dreadful apparition, why do you trouble me? Man of the worldly mind, replied the ghost, do you believe in me or not? I do, said Scrooge, I must, but why do spirits walk the earth and why do you come to me? It is required of every man, the ghost returned, that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide, and if that spirit goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. It is doomed to wander through the world. Oh, woe is me, and witness what it cannot share, but might have shared on earth, and turn to happiness. Again the specter raised a cry, and shook its chain, and wrung its shadowy hands. You are fettered, said Scrooge, trembling. Tell me why. I wear the chain I forged in life, replied the ghost. I made it link by link and yard by yard. I girded it on my own free will, and of my own free will I wore it. Is its pattern strange to you? Scrooge trembled more and more. Or would you know, pursued the ghost, the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself? It was full as heavy and as long as seven Christmases ago. You have labored on it since. It is a ponderous chain. Scrooge glanced about him on the floor in the expectation of finding himself surrounded by some fifty or sixty fathoms of iron cable, but he could see nothing. Jacob, he said. Old Jacob Marley, tell me more. Speak comfort to me, Jacob. I have none to give, the ghost replied. It comes from other regions, Ebenezer Scrooge, and it is conveyed by other ministers to other kinds of men. Nor can I tell you what I would. A very little more is all permitted to me. I cannot rest. I cannot stay. I cannot linger anywhere. My spirit never walked beyond our counting house. Mark me. In life, my spirit never roved beyond the narrow limits of our money-changing hole and weary journeys lie before me. It was a habit with Scrooge whenever he became thoughtful to put his hands in his britches pondering on what the ghost had said he didn't so now but without lifting his eyes or getting off his knees you must have been very slow about it jacob scrooge observed like a business-like manner though with humility and with difference 
Slow, the ghost repeated. Seven years dead, mused Scrooge, and traveling all the time. The whole time, said the ghost. No rest, no peace. Instant torture of remorse. You travel fast, said Scrooge. On the wings of the wind, replied the ghost. You might have gotten over a great quantity of ground in seven years, said Scrooge. The ghost, on hearing this, set up another cry and clanked its chain so hideously in the dead silence of the night that the ward would have been justified in indicting it for a nuisance. Oh, captive bound in double iron, cried the phantom, not to know that ages of incessant labor by immoral creatures for this earth must pass into eternity before the good of which it is susceptible is all developed not to know that any christian spirit working kindly in its little sphere whatever it may be will find its mortal life too short for its vast means of usefulness not to know that no space or of regret can make amends for one's life's opportunities misused. Yet such was I. Oh, such was I. But you are always a good man of business, Jacob, faltered Scrooge, who now began to apply this to himself. Business, cried the ghost, wringing its hands again. Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in a comprehensive ocean of my business. It held up its chain at arm's length as if that were the case of all its unavailing grief and flung it heavily upon the ground. At this time of the rolling year, the specter said, I suffer most. Why did I walk through crowds of fellow beings with my eyes turned down and never raise them to that blessed star which led the wise man to the poor abode? Were there no poor homes to which its light would have conducted me? Scrooge was very much dismayed to hear the specter going on at this rate and began to quake exceedingly. Hear me, cried the ghost. My time is nearly gone. I will, said Scrooge, but don't be hard upon me. Don't be flowery, Jacob. Pray. How it is that I appear before you in a shape that you can see, I may not tell. I have sat invisible beside you many and many a day. It, it was not an agreeable idea. Scrooge shivered and wiped the perspiration from his brow. That is no light part of my penance, pursued the ghost. I am here tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate. A chance and hope of my procuring Ebenezer. You were always a good friend to me, said Scrooge. Thank ye. You will be haunted, resumed the ghost, by three spirits. Scrooge's countenance fell almost as low as the ghost had done. Is that the chance and hope you mentioned, Jacob? He demanded in a faltering voice. It is. I, 
I think I'd rather not, said Scrooge, without their visits, said the ghost. You cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one. Couldn't I take them all at once and have it over, Jacob, hinted Scrooge. Expect the second on the night at the same hour. The third upon the night when the last stroke of twelve was ceased to vibrate. Look to me, see no more, and look that for your own sake. You remember what has passed between us. When I had said these words, the specter looked its wrapper from the table and bound it around its head as before, and Scrooge knew this by the smart sound its teeth made when the jaws were brought together by the bandage. He ventured to raise his eyes again and found its supernatural visitor comforting him in an erect attitude with its chain wound over and about its arms. The apparition walked backward from him, and at every step it took, the window raised itself a little so that when the specter reached it, it was wide open. It beckoned Scrooge to approach, which he did. When they were within two paces of each other, Marley's ghost held up its hand, warning him to come no nearer. Scrooge stopped. Not so much in obedience as in surprise and fear, for on the rising of the hand he became sensible of confused noises in the air, sorrowful and self-accusatory. The specter, after listening for a moment, joined in the mournful dirge and floated out upon the bleak, dark night. Scrooge followed to the window. Desperate in his curiosity, he looked out. The air was filled with phantoms, wandering hither and thither in restless haste, in mourning as they went. Every one of them wore chains like Marley's ghost. Some few, they might be guilty governments, were linked together. None were free. Many had been personally known to Scrooge in their lives. He had been quite familiar with the one old ghost in a white waistcoat with a monstrous iron safe attached to its ankle who cried piteously at being unable to assist a wretched woman with an infant whom it saw below upon a doorstep. The misery with them all was clearly that they sought to interfere for good in human matters and had lost the power forever. Whether these creatures faded into the mist or mist enshrouded them, he could not tell. But they and their spirit voices faded together, and the night became as it had been when he walked home. Scrooge closed the door and examined the door by which the ghost had entered. It was double locked, as he had locked it with his hands, and the bolts were undisturbed. He tried to say, Humbug, but stopped at the first syllable and being from the emotions he had undergone, or the fatigues of the day, or the glimpse of the invisible world, or the dull conversation of the ghost, or the lateness of the hour, much in need of repose, went straight to bed without undressing, and fell asleep on an instant. 
Hey folks, this is Kirby Ingalls. I'm a leadership and transformation coach, a father of four, and a U.S. Army veteran. And I just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas. And thank you to listening to me today read Marley's Ghost by Charles Dickens, who lived from 1812 to 1870. Remember, if you're a young person in your career, make sure you take Marley's Ghost with you because mankind is our business. And it is our business, even if you are not a young person in a career. Mankind is everyone's business. Again, Merry Christmas, and I hope you have a happy new year, and I'll see you tomorrow.